You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Well, Parliament resumes today as we head into this election year, and two very recent developments will undoubtedly be front and centre as the Conservatives take on the Trudeau government. Over the weekend, the Prime Minister fired John McCallum, our ambassador to China, after the very undiplomatic comments he made about the arrest of Huawei CFO Meng Wanzhou. Now, we've been following this All the way through, on Thursday, he apologized, saying he misspoke. But then he seemed to double down on Friday in an interview with the Star in Vancouver, where he said it would be great if the U.S. just dropped its extradition request. Now, the opposition is saying that the firing has made the situation even worse, and that the Liberals have totally bungled this. And then there was that RCMP sting in Kingston, where they say they neutralized a credible bomb threat and arrested a teenager on terrorism charges. The opposition is taking on the government's refugee screening process as a result of this. And that, of course, is also set to become a major line of attack for the Conservatives. We'll be talking to the deputy leader of the Conservatives shortly. But now let's bring in strategist Jason Leader with Enterprise Canada. Hi, Jason. Hey, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm great. I'm just trying to stay out of the snow here. Okay. Well, yeah, there's uh, snow everywhere. Uh, (laughs) Well, the firing of John McCallum on the weekend, do you agree that it made everything worse? What a what a uh, what a mess! I, I don't know. You know, the problem is you 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 step into these things and you're so deep into the quicksand at that that point that there's no good answers. You know, keeping him in place was no good because it would have sent a message to the world that um, what he was saying was what the the message that they wanted out there, and 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 firing him is no good either because uh, you know it's uh, it, it's an embarrassment on the government. I think they made the right move. They had to fire him at this point, even though the uh, the Chinese are are quite angry with it, which tells you everything you need to know about the way John McCallum was doing uh, diplomacy over the last little bit. But, uh, man, what a mess. John McCallum, uh, as far as I know, never did diplomacy. As I I said, I I know him a bit going way back. And uh, he's a guy who um, speaks his mind. (laughs) He sure does. He sure does. Yeah. That's right. Uh, You know, there's all this talk that really he didn't just go off on his own, that this was a concerted effort and that the the Trudeau government decided this was the way to kind of assuage the Chinese and send a message. Do you agree with that? Yeah, there's this sort of uh, old saying in politics that a gaffe is when you say out loud what you only you're supposed to say in the back rooms. And I think that's what happened to Mr. McCallum here is, um, you know, I don't, I don't. Uh, the, the, the Trudeau government is in a very difficult position here, and I don't fault them much for how they've handled or they, how they've had to handle some of these issues. The Chinese government has gone completely rogue, uh, you know, kidnapping Canadians, and I think most Canadians support Mr. Trudeau and whatever he, he needs to do to try and sort of get, get this. So the problem with the Trudeau government is 
you've got to go back sometime. They they angered the Americans by saying they were too close to the Chinese. They angered the Chinese by 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 going whole hog for a free trade deal when the Chinese weren't ready and, and, and turning them down. They angered everybody else. The problem with Justin Trudeau is he was supposed to be the guy that can get along with everybody. And you know, John Manley a couple of weeks ago, he had noted conservative John Manley and you know, it's a joke. Yeah. I mean the guy was a lefty liberal prime minister sort of said, We're on our own in the world right now. And that's the problem with the Trudeau strategy is the sanctimony is has gotten a little thin and everybody's sort of we're paying the piper right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously the conservatives will make hay of this. Do you think they could have done a better job with this? I think they, I, 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 listen, I, once you get to the point where the Chinese government is kidnapping our people, um, yeah. nobody can do a good job with that, with that. And I don't, like I said, since that time, I don't hold Mr. Trudeau accountable for that kind of stuff. I think they would not have got in the same position. Uh, let, let me put it this way. Stephen Harper ran, uh, John Kirchhen ran the government for, you know, and then the liberals ran the better part of 15 years, John Kirchhen and Paul Martin. Stephen Harper ran the government for the better part of eight years. In my lifetime, I don't ever remember a Canadian government being in this kind of a spat with our, the two major superpowers in the world, the Chinese and the Americans. The, neither of those governments likes us. In fact, they, we are in like a knockdown, dragging out fight with both of them. And I don't think Chrétien, Harper, Mulroney, um, or Paul Martin, any of them would have sort of bumbled their way into this mess. Well, uh, there's a question. Did they bumble their way in this mess? Some of the, uh, some of the, interpretation of this is that, hey, uh, China is in a fight with the United States. The United States is too big to take on, so they're picking on us. They're picking on Australia. And, uh, you know, there, there was nothing remotely like Trump in when those other prime ministers were in office. Yeah, I agree with I agree with that, and I, I, I'm sympathetic to that point of view. To be honest, the problem is that we got to deal with who who we're dealing with, and each of those people, by the way, you want to tell me that John Christian didn't have very difficult situations to deal with, uh, you know, with the Iraq war and some, uh, Stephen Harper had some very difficult situations. He was fighting with the Chinese on human rights and, and had Keystone Pipeline. He was wedged between the two as well. But they've got so far deep into into this situation that I, I just don't know. And you're right, the, the, the Chinese are using the, the, us as a wedge on the Americans. The problem is we allowed ourselves to get there with a series of sort of um, missteps. And the Chinese got mad at us. You know, we went in there, we said we were going to negotiate a free trade agreement and it had to have labor and gender and environmental uh, provisions. The Chinese said, are you guys crazy? We did the same thing with the Americans and both of them got angry with us and, you know, are taking it out on us, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, let's uh, assume that uh, maybe another government would have had perhaps a more diplomatic ambassador to China. <laughs> well, I mean, there's been a long-standing... Um, there's been a long-standing, uh, I would so Mr. Kretchen did a ton to open up um, the market in China. Uh, it was one of his singular focus, for our, uh, you know, the thing, singular uh, foreign policy things that he tried to do. But he always managed to maintain, for the most part, a, uh, I think, a, uh, a career civil servant in Beijing. And um, Mr. Martin and Mr. Harper, I think, had the same, uh, the same policy. Mr. Kretchen or uh, Mr. Trudeau changed significantly. I put somebody in there. The Chinese were very happy with Mr. McCallum. Uh, Mr. McCallum was somebody who the Chinese government felt they had, uh, you know, that was part of Mr. Trudeau's strategy in 2015 was he was staking everything on this, on this relationship. Now that it's soured, um, you know, we're turning back to the United States and we don't have any friends there either. So 
um, it was high stakes, high you know poker, and uh, we sort of got caught with uh, you know we got called uh, with a pair of fours and we're paying the price. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, it's it was just the the different messaging. You know, on the one hand, you have Trudeau saying, well, uh, you know, the, this not political, we're just following the rules judicially. Yeah. And then uh, you yeah. have the ambassador saying, well, guess what? It is political. Yeah. Yeah, such a such a weird uh, situation. I mean, let's be honest. It is all political, but the... the, the you know the the government has to maintain the the message that you know Canada is a rule of country law, and I I congratulate the Trudeau and Trudeau team and their government on sort of keeping you know that front and center in their in their official messaging. The truth is, uh, you know, this will either a deal will be done or a deal will not be done. But there's dire consequences for the three Canadians. Uh, you know, there's one that's been sentenced to death um, as this escalates, and two other that have been essentially kidnapped off the streets. Okay. Um, you know, and, and Canadians with business interests over there, uh, you know, I think are are, are really looking, and it's going to have a significant long-term effect on the Canadian economy. Okay, uh, Jason, hang on. We will be getting yeah. back to you later. Uh, right now, we are going to Lisa Wright. She is the MP for Milton and the deputy leader of the opposition. Ms. Wright, thanks for joining us. Welcome. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Okay, well, so um, the uh, would you have been able to do better in managing this mess with China? Well, it's quite the mess. Um, <laughs> uh, what I can tell you is that we certainly, we certainly wouldn't have had the mixed messaging that happened. Um, whether or not Mr. McCallum was asked to go out and try to communicate something to a specific part of the media without the rest of the media finding out, and whether or not he botched it or the idea was wrong, and then for him to go out a second time, um, there's been a lot of stress, I think, put on our relationships, both with our allies and certainly, I guess, in the eyes of what's happening with the Chinese government as well. But for me, uh, making sure that our allies understand where we are and sending clear messages to them would be the most important thing to do in this current crisis. And that simply did not happen. And the prime minister had to spend the weekend on the phone, I understand trying to talk to other countries, assuring them that they actually knew what they were doing, because it doesn't seem like they do. Now, do you believe that uh, the original comments from John McCallum w- were part of a strategy, that he was somehow authorized to say something like that? I would have to expect that they were. Um, you know, I've been in cabinet retreats. Mr. McCallum was at the cabinet retreat in Sherbrooke, Quebec. I'm sure that this came up as discussion. I'm sure that this was the content of their discussions and he would have told the prime minister's office that he was going out to do some media because he's an experienced former cabinet minister who would give that kind of heads up he wouldn't go rogue in that sense and that the messaging would be along the lines of what they discussed at the cabinet retreat and i guess um it didn't fly very well it didn't go over as had been planned and as a result first they supported mr mccallum because i guess the comments were good, but then when he gave a second interview on the topic, I guess they realized it was too much, and, and maybe we started to hear from our allies um, concerned about what our position was. Is this a rule of law issue? Is this something that has no political interference? Or is there going to be political interference in the file? And quite frankly, I don't think the Chinese government or our allies know that at this point in time. I think it's a muddle. Do you have a suggestion on how to fix this? Well, I think the Prime Minister is going to be asked to explain himself in the House of Commons today, and I'm going to be waiting to hear what he has to say about 
why he thinks this was the strategy put forward. But as the, the person who was on with you just previously pointed out, this is not politics either. This is about three souls who are sitting um, in China currently, either facing a death penalty or two who are being subjected to torture, subjected to uh, not receiving their full rights, as the ambassador had pointed out in, uh, in a previous interview he gave. And that is of great concern. And I think now uh, there's apparently a fourth. I understand that. And I don't have any further information. And, and I expect and anticipate we'll ask the prime minister about that as well. And it's concerning. I mean, if you talk to anybody who is in business, who uh, does business with China, they're telling you that they're thinking twice about whether or not they want to go over. And I understand as well, an Australian was picked up most recently. And, uh, you know, as these things happen, you realize just what kind of uh, what kind of a power China is and how they blur the lines between business and politics and security. And they're not afraid to um, not only blur the line, but just completely to step over the line. And we need to approach with caution. I think the whole China file, Libby, has been botched from day one. To think that you were going to go over to China and to dictate to them and lecture them about human rights and about labor rights and about gender rights really was the wrong call. And although the prime minister was warned, he decided to go ahead and do it anyway. And you reap what you sow at the end of the day. They don't have respect for Canada, and we are certainly in a pickle. Yeah, but there's also the issue that, you know, uh, they have a different government there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even though it's the, the same kind of party rule, I mean, uh, this is different. Would you agree with that? Well, they um, you have to understand, you can't wish China to be a certain way than it is. And um, as a minister, I, I visited China, and, and as a CEO, I visited China, and both times I was well briefed by security people on what to do, what not to do, and, and what the realities were in terms of communications about whether or not your phone would be listened to and those kinds of things. So it's, it's real when you travel to China that there's going to be some kind of attempt to gather information from you. Um, and that's a fact. Now, you know, the prime minister put all of his eggs in the basket of wanting to have free trade with China and wasn't mindful to the fact that China is a different, a different entity and needs to be treated differently than any other trading partner. And we have, now have um, no prospect of a trade deal of any sort with China, I would submit, with this with this government, with this prime minister. And now we have even more greater issues with respect to what they're actually saying about Canada. We don't enjoy a good reputation at all. Uh, and in fact, we're, we're looked upon as in, in mockery. And that's not good. Uh, moving to another subject, following that sting in Kingston, uh, your party put out a release saying this underscores the problems with the refugee screening process. Now, we know that a 20-year-old who was part of a Syrian refugee family was arrested and then released. And all we know now is that there was a six after this huge sting, thousands of hours, uh, uh, an RCMP plane. There's a 16-year-old in custody that we know nothing about. Yeah, that's, and it's a terrible, um, terribly concerning to see that this has happened. But again, everyone is reminding each other that, thank goodness, that the RCMP and all the enforcement people that were involved in making sure that nothing came to harm's way, and we commend them for that. You know, we indicated that, we've always indicated that we'd been worried about how quickly processing was happening with respect to refugees, and it was rooted in the fact that there had been some grave mistakes, people who had... Um, 
come in too quickly. There was a gentleman who received permanent residency status, even though it was clear he was a national security threat, just because there was lack of communication amongst all of the agencies. And that's a concern. And we've got a motion on the table in the House right now to, to do an, an audit, a check on making sure that the screening is appropriate and in place. On this other side of it, though, is the, the real impressing concern of what's happening on the border. They are two separate issues, without a question. Um, how we brought in so many refugees quickly, we need to make sure the process is good. But we also have a crisis happening right now in Montreal and in Manitoba, where 40,000 people in the past two years have come across, and they're, they're, seeking, you know, they're seeking refugee status. Most likely, they're not going to be given refugee status because they're migrants, they're economic migrants who want to come to Canada. But there's a process for that, and it's the immigration process, and you can't jump the line. So it's hard to, I'm going to tell you, Libby, it's not easy to talk about all of these kinds of differences in immigration versus border and make sense. But what I know this from Milton is this. People look at what's happening in Montreal, know that, that folks are coming across the border, getting on a bus and coming to Toronto, and that our shelters are under duress as a result. We need more money for people because the shelter spots are being taken up by the folks coming across in Montreal. And it makes you wonder how the system is going to be able to withstand it all. What do you we'll say? Be asking the prime minister about that as well. What do you say to people who say, uh, who who argue that you're trying to sow fear with uh, with going so big on this particular issue and polarize people? Well, I think Canadians know and understand that there's a fair way to come into the country and an orderly way, and that's by coming through a regular border check. And that's what they're there for, for you to come in and claim refugee status. And, and if you qualify, then you get refugee status and you get to be put into the system. But to sneak in, literally sneak in across the border in order to try to go around the fact that you'd be sent back at a, a proper border crossing um, isn't playing by the rules. And Canadians respect rules and abide by them. And that's what we are talking about. And, you know, coming across the border right now, the waves came in, in different kinds of, in different countries. First, um, there were people from Haiti who came over, and then there were people from Nigeria who came over. And in each case, the government has gone to those originating countries to say, please don't come, this is not the proper way to get in. So I don't see it as stoking fear when you face the reality that there's advertising in other countries about an easy way to get into Canada through a street at the, in Montreal, and that's not fair. And, and I think people understand that. But you can talk about that without, you should be able to talk about that without being accused of being racist, because that's not what this is motivating it, and that's not what this is about. Okay. Lisa Raitt, Deputy Leader of the Opposition and MP for Milton. Thank you so much for being with us. Appreciate My it. My pleasure, and I'd love to come on any time. Okay, great. We'll, we'll hold you to that. Thank you very much. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, people, we are going to take a quick break, and we will come back with uh, more from our pundits with Jason Leader, and we're going to bring in Bob Richardson for the liberal perspective, uh, just to make sure we have all sides, and we'll be taking your calls. The number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740, and we'll be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 
Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We are going to continue our conversations of the two very current issues that are certainly going to come up in the first question period and should be with us as we head into this election year. Of course, I'm talking about the mess, and it is quite a mess with China, and uh, also the issue of refugee screening and national security. So uh, welcome back, Jason Leader, and welcome, Bob Richardson. Hey, guys. Hello? How's it going, Bob? Hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm great. Okay, we're all, we're all good. So let's uh, start with uh, Bob. Uh, so uh, how much damage is th- this situation with China doing to the liberal brand? Well, it's not the high watermark for the liberal government in the last uh, three and a half years. Let's start with that. Um, I think it's uh, it's regrettable that it occurred, and it was difficult. I mean, uh, I, I feel a bit sorry for these guys because they've been uh, thrown a few punches uh, uh, through foreign affairs <laughs> uh, in the last 12 months that uh, governments don't normally get. But that being said, they are there, and they, uh, th- they need to... Uh, take responsibility for it. I think it's important for the Prime Minister to move uh, relatively quickly to make sure that we have uh, a new ambassador in place. Um, uh, I think it's an opportunity maybe to do a little bit of a reset on, uh, on, uh, on, uh, on the situation with the Chinese. Uh, but this has been a very difficult situation, and uh, the comments by Mr. McCallum uh, didn't help the situation for the government. Uh, that being said, they're going to have to deal with it. Uh-huh. Did, did they just completely mismanage it? Well, I wouldn't. I, look, we had a guy that uh, made some personal comments uh, that shouldn't have made personal comments that made a difficult situation more difficult. Um, with, uh, with respect, um, uh, I don't think it would have mattered who was in government uh, when this situation uh, occurred. It was a difficult. It put us between a rock and a hard place right off the top. I don't care who was in office. It was going to be a difficult situation to deal with. Uh, the McCallum uh, comments didn't make it any easier, and it complicated things. So that's difficult. Jason, uh, are the Conservatives right to jump on this? And and um, how does anybody get out of this? I think you've got to be. Um, I think you got to jump on it because it's such a big gaffe and it's such a big mistake. I think most Canadians won't understand much about this, other than they're concerned about. Um, you know, relatives they might have in China. They're concerned about their business interests, if they've got business interests, and they're just sort of wondering what all the fuss is about. And, you know, obviously we've sort of messed something up here. I think the Conservatives, over the course of the next year, the next 10 months, have to be very, um, you know, sort of clearly focused on the message that uh, Sheer actually delivered yesterday, which is sort of Justin Trudeau's bad for your pocketbook. And I think you, you've got to be on message and you've got to attack when, when there's an opportunity like this in front of you, that this is such a mess that you've got to attack, but you've got to make sure that it it sort of dovetails back to your key message, which is, which is, you're going to raise your taxes is bad for your pocketbook. Okay. Um, now, um, moving uh, a bit to this situation in Kingston uh, with that sting, were the Conservatives too quick to seize on it to say it shows that the refugee process is bad because uh, originally there was a 20-year-old detained from a Syrian refugee family. He was released. Now, I, I caution to say that doesn't mean that he's no longer a suspect or anything. But, uh, Jason, did they go too far seizing on that when the guy was about to be released? 
I think that um, they've got to do two things over the course of the next year, and this is where the, a tricky. Um, I think I think yeah, the, the deputy leader Lisa on earlier, and she was talking about this. It's a tricky, uh, you know, sort of balance beam to walk. This is a big issue for Canadians. It's a lot bigger issue, I think, than than, than most uh, people uh, believe. And it's not just an issue of sort of, uh, you know, uh, uh, newer Canadians. This is a huge issue amongst them as well. Ones who came through the system, mm-hmm. paid their dues, waited waited their time, sometimes paid, you know, great amounts of money uh, in order to sort of make it make it through and make it through legally. This is what, a huge issue amongst newer newer Canadians. And, 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 and I think everybody, you know, for the most part, the Conservative government, our party needs to be a sort of a pro-immigrant party with, you know, sort of standing up for the rules. It's hard sometimes to stand up for those two things and not be, you know, um, sort of, you know, the, the prime minister will be name-calling like crazy, calling everybody a racist over the next little bit if you call for those two things. They've got a tough balance beam to walk, and I would ar- urge them to make sure that, uh, you know, new Canadians know that they're standing up for them um, and, and the rule of law, but you've got to be careful with your tone on this kind of stuff. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Bob? I think uh, both the government and the opposition need to turn down the rhetoric on issues when it comes to immigration and and, uh, issues of this nature. Uh, I've been an opposition leader's chief of staff. I can can completely understand uh, how somebody would want to leap on something like that, uh, particularly in an election year. But you better be careful with the facts, and the facts are not quite as good as I think they uh, they thought that they were going to be. The government, on the other hand, should not be running around calling everyone racists or doing things of that nature. It's inappropriate. Um, the Conservatives were in power for 10 years. They had a very reasonable immigration policy. They were very open to as well. And I think we've had a good, uh, essentially bipartisan or tripartisan policy when it comes to immigration um, over the last you know, 25, 30 years. And who's been the, uh, the beneficiary of that? Well, the country has and Canadians have. So I think government needs to turn it down a bit. The opposition does too as well and not leap without thinking. Uh, and I think we'd all be better off if the two of them did that. Uh, yeah, I would say that's pretty wishful thinking, <laughs> Jason. Bob's so Bob's so reasonable. I wish Bob and I were running for office <laughs> uh, on a joint on a joint ticket. You know, we could really make some make something happen. I agree. You know, it's it's, it's not going to happen. That's the problem. And I think I think I think Bob's given some sound advice from a public policy perspective. The problem is, you know, we're seven games in, or we're five games into a playoff series, and Game Six and Game Seven are going to get more uh, more. You know, so there are going to be more fights, more cross checking, more uh, roughing the pass or whatever you want to call whatever metaphor you want to use. And it's just, it's going to get hotter and hotter as, you know, the, the, the liberals uh, who, again, should be steamrolling everybody here, and they're not way, way ahead. They're as way, way ahead as they think they should be. And the conservatives who see an opportunity to knock Mr. Trudeau down to a minority or possibly even win this thing. And, you know, those that's going to make people, uh, you know, uh, you know, throw caution to the wind, uh, I fear, rather than the other. Uh, is are we going to end up with a, a very uh, kind of polarizing election with uh, you know a lot of nastiness in it, with uh, this kind of being a quote wedge issue? Well, it certainly seems headed in uh, in that direction. Uh, both uh, both parties. Uh, the problem with a fixed date election is we're now in, into a ten month election or nine months, whatever's left. So, uh, you know, it used to be that election periods were 37 or 50 days, whatever it is. Now it's a year. Uh, And basically we're into that. Both parties have reasonably uh, big war chests 
to as well. So paid campaigns will be kicking in, uh, campaigns targeting specific uh, voters for each of the parties will be kicking in. So I think it'll be highly political, a lot of rhetoric, uh, not so much facts over the next nine months, and that's too bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that I find interesting is that, I guess, until the China thing, uh, Christa Freeland, I think, was seen as just about the most competent minister. She's Minister of Foreign Affairs. Now, she's not embroiled in this particular incident, but it's definitely a, a major part of our foreign affairs. So um, how does that play into their situation on this? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question, I think, Libby, is, is you know, so, so Ms. Freeland has navigated a couple things relatively well. She tied up the Canada-EU uh, Canada trade agreement at the very end. There was a couple of small issues that came up during the final negotiation, and then there was a the Canada-U.S. stuff, which, you know, I think she developed a, a good strategy there. I think she had some personal problems with, uh, with some of the U.S., but who hasn't had problems with the, with, the, with the Trump administration? I give her and Brian Clough and the team just fantastic marks in terms of how they operated there. The problem with Ms. Freeland is she, I think she's in Mr. Trudeau's jet wash here, and he's a guy who just can't seem to get along with anybody. And, and it's, it's a little baffling to me, to be honest with you. You know, you, I, in 2015, I sort of fell into the, 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 the trap of, believing that Mr. Trudeau was going to be, you know, sort of change. I think I think people around the world are excited by his celebrity, and, and governments around the world are tired of his sanctimony. And she's caught in that jet, war, jet wash, and it's a very difficult job for someone like Ms. Freeland. Bob, do you agree with that? He can't get along with anybody? He's a very charming guy. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think I quite agree with that, although I don't quite disagree with some of that either. I think what we... Uh, for, for Canada this year, silence is golden. I think uh, we could uh, we ought to maybe turn down our volume internationally, uh, and it's also an election year, so we should be focused on domestic issues. Um, but we could use some adult supervision on foreign affairs. I think she has been tied up on NAFTA um, almost and almost exclusively on the Canada U.S. file. I think now is an opportunity for her to uh, uh, to uh, really sort of seize control of the foreign affairs agenda. And by doing that, I would hope that we can turn down the volume in a couple of different areas and sort of get back on track. And and is China is is this situation going to have legs into the election? I have no doubt the refugee or migrant issue will. I think I think the immigration issue is going to be around. I think the Trudeau government, the, the, the conservatives, will do everything they can to make sure that you know pictures and video of Mr. Tr- reminding people of some of these gaffes. You know, pictures of Mr. Trudeau in uh, sort of ceremonial costume uh, in India dancing. I think will probably make their way back into the 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 summary of the last couple of years. I think some of this stuff. Immigration is going to continue to be an issue, though. It really, it really is. These foreign affairs things, I assume, and you asked for advice earlier, you asked Ms. 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 Rate what she would do. The truth is, with these kinds of things, you've got to actually quiet everything down. You've got to go away, and you've got to negotiate and come to a deal, or at least, or at least uh, you've got to do that, and you've got to do that outside of the spotlight. So my advice to Mr. Trudeau is turn down the rhetoric, turn down the, the temperature, turn down the volume. Not that he's tried to escalate it, and try and, try and get something done. Um, but, you know, and, this kind of and, stuff. And this is an yeah. opportunity, too, for the Chinese 
to act in a less appalling fact, uh, <laughs> manner than they have acted in the last few weeks, particularly um, this ambassador, which it probably, since our ambassador's not going to be uh, there, it wouldn't be necessarily a bad idea for them to recall theirs and get a new one in, because he certainly has damaged himself with his conduct, too, as well, which was completely unacceptable. So Yeah, threatening uh, it's, us. It's, it's time for a bit of a reset here. Okay, well, uh, we'll certainly see uh, if there is a reset. Thank you so much, Jason Leader and Bob Richardson. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Libby. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 